we're live. We're live. It's called the Dog of Chancy and She, and we're trying it all again. <laughs> trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's been so long since we've done this last time. It's been so long since we've done this that she is a father. <laughs> since the last time we recorded. <laughs> so congratulations, Chi. Hey, thanks, brother. <laughs> I, w- I I think I, you know, I mentioned this to you earlier, but I would have brought him in here during the recording, but this is his witching hour. Uh, it's just probably not a good idea. We don't want to break anybody's eardrums that might be listening to this. Well, he uh, uh but I, uh yeah, man. I I've seen he's a beautiful baby. He's just a he, he's he's precious, and we're just we're, we're beyond blessed that he is uh, he is with us. So um, it's awesome. If, he, if he's beautiful, he must look like his mama. So <laughs> I have a feeling that boy's going. Those Briner jeans are strong. Every Briner baby I've seen looks like a Briner, so that baby is going to look exactly like you. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. But yeah, it's been a blessing, man, and it's been a lot of fun. A lot less sleep. Uh, but that comes with the territory, so yeah, you got a little a, a baby bulldog, baby. He's already a big dog fan. I don't think we'll be taking him to Sanford this year. Uh, that might be a little bit too soon. He's only three weeks old, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but we'll uh, definitely next year. Definitely next year. Well, well, uh, we'll we'll indoctrinate him. He's obviously gonna be uh he'll be full fledged uh, from the get. So uh, we're this. Th- you know what? This is what we needed. We needed Asher here to to get us over the hump. That's what we needed. So Asher, we thank Facts. you. We're we're we are excited about what you're going to do for us this season. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him you said that later on whenever he's throwing up on me and stuff like that. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's uh it's been a wild ride. But yeah, I I mean, here's the deal. He was born, like I said, about three weeks ago, and uh, I've barely left my house since then. But the 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 thing is, I because of that, I've been so busy, you know, trying to make sure that my child is fed and stays alive and and sleeps well. Uh, but <laughs> I I haven't really even gotten a chance to really start getting to get excited until literally yesterday. I was like, man. I mean, I of course I realized the season was right around the corner, but I realized, man, this is less than a month away. And I just started. To, I did start to get that feeling. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That that feeling you get, you can feel it in your chest. You can feel it in your loins. You know what I'm talking oh, about. I know, I know about football that. season's right around the corner, baby. Yeah. So it's uh, the the, but, the butterflies start. You kind of start getting. You get a little anxious. You get a little little nervous uh, every time a notification comes across your phone from any of your sports apps. You're worried is one of our players in jail or something like along those lines. And so, um, so I'm very so fortunately that's not too much of the news that we have to report on this time. Um, but good lord, man! <laughs> since your child has been born, the news has not stopped coming. It has been just an onslaught of information uh, when it comes to the world of Georgia football, um, and it's and it shows no signs of slowing down. This is just from a Georgia football perspective, but then the college football landscape perspective, not all this is just geared towards Georgia, but I don't think we really understand that, or we're not really comprehending that the sport that we love so much is never going to be the same. Nothing, nothing right. is about, nothing is going to be the same in the next few years compared <clears throat> to what we've, what we've, uh, we've been looking at. And, um, and so we're going to, we're going to try to keep all of this condensed into, into one 
thing. But uh, but we've got some. I think we have a few thoughts uh, in regards to this. Well, the, I mean, to me, well, I, obviously, that was the NIL deals, which I know is kind of our first topic that we were going to bring back up because that was actually that that came to forefront. I think maybe a week or two uh, after our previous episode, which was I think June twenty something, you know, June twenty second or something like that. So. Yeah, so that's a very—I mean, to, honestly, in in the world of college football, that's kind of an old news uh, situation. But you know what that does to yes, I mean, of course, it affects the Georgia Bulldogs directly. But I mean, what that does to college football, as you said, I mean, it's it's never going to be the same, and and I think it's going to only evolve every year, uh, more and more every year. Uh, but so far, uh, I think the number one contributor. As far as endorsements and whatnot for the uh, University of Georgia football team is Popeyes, not Popeyes, uh, Crystal. Crystal. I don't know. I said Popeyes. There might be, there might be a Popeyes. I don't know. Uh, but Crystal has, I think, literally like, I saw ten or twelve guys that are posted like, "Go get your chili cheeseburger or whatever." I don't know what their new thing is. It looks like it's a like a heart attack on a on a bun but yeah man crystal crystal and bojangles have both been uh killing it well and and it's and to me i think it it's funny because i talk to like my dad or i talk to i talk to folks and it's so interesting our generation thinking about this rule versus their generation and how they are viewing this rule because for me i think i really feel just in this age right now when you've got people that are younger than some of the whether this is should be the way it is or not you've got people that are younger than our football players that are making money off of their instagram accounts that are making yeah boo-coodles of money and you've got a guy <clears throat> player for the university of georgia has twenty thousand instagram followers let the boy make his money i'm, I'm way past this point of like if he's got the account or he's got the 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 ability to, to make that money we're in a we're in a stage where I used I used to be in the camp of where per, they're getting this education they're getting they're getting to st- they're getting to be a part of the University of Georgia they're getting this launching board but I'm like now's the time I mean let these people this this could be their only moment and so it for me I'm like let the boy let the boys get their crystals sponsorship let the boys get some money let them like i mean the the problem is i don't think any of these people gonna, these boys will know how to use this money they're gonna burn this they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna burn all this money up in, in ways that i don't i don't we don't have to talk about right now but um but this just to me i, I feel like now is a good opportunity to do that i think that it's going to be up there's a lot of universities that are georgia's bit has been relatively quiet about the nil some universities have already established some uh, guidance and are trying to help the players kind of navigate this. So they're kind of hiring some agents kind of thing to help them deal with the negotiation. So I think what's really going to be interesting to see is how the, to me it's going to be more so how are the universities preparing the players for these rulings? Because the all the conferences are clamoring for like national guidance. Like they're kind of saying, "Hey, we want some, we want some understanding on how this is going to be," which is ironic based on mm. the conversation we're going to have in a few minutes. That the SEC wants the NCAA to make some rules about how to how this should all function. Um, but right. there's state 
the st- all the states vary on what these rules look like. So Florida looks different than Georgia. Georgia was Georgia's rules kind of responded to Florida's rules, and and, and it kind of bounces back and forth like that across the country. And um, so they're wanting to try to set some national standards to how this all looks. But to me, and I think there's a conversation around, well, the rich keep getting richer. Well, the three major changes in college football right now, the transfer portal rule, the NIL, and this expansion of the SEC that we're going to talk about, all of that is obviously the richer getting richer. Not not to mention the expansion of the playoffs. Right, and yeah. that's coming. Which I don't know if that's – has that even been agreed upon? We'll, we'll get to that yeah, in a second. Yeah, but, but anyway. it's, all, it's all the same stuff. And so for me, what I think is going to be interesting is how the universities try to take advantage of this rule. And it's like, is it in the – are the universities able to try to help set up the negotiations for these deals to try to actually make them worthwhile for the players? And so that's, that's the kind of stuff that we don't know. And so I don't know. I feel like with Kirby being at the helm, I feel like we are probably taking some pretty aggressive steps on the backside to say, make sure our guys are getting good deals, make sure that players, when they come to us, because when players come to us, they need to know that we're going to help. One of the recruiting things that you can say is, hey, we've got people on staff that are not agents, mm. but they can help. They'll walk you through how to talk to a Crystals, how to talk to a Bojangles, or talk to an owner reserve about how to negotiate some kind of contract because that's that's a big part of all this. I mean, that's going to become a recruiting factor. What brands do you have in your area that would want to partner with you to – put some extra money in your pocket while you're at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I can promise you it is not going to be a cut and dry situation. Oh no. I mean, every, it's going to, it's going to get cloudy. It's and it, and to be honest with you, there's not a ton of information out there as far as, you know, if there is a, like you're talking about, if there is a management side of t- to this uh, from the university perspective but you have to have that to some extent but you're right how much education are they going to get you know how much how many of them are actually doing this themselves you know i mean how many of them are hiring agents at this point or are they just like dming bojangles or or crystal or whatever and saying hey i'm i'm open to it because that's what a lot of them did they posted that same paragraph that says hey you know, any and all uh, open to any and all endorsements or offers. Uh, reach out to my DMs. So, you know, my problem with it is, and and I have always been pro them being able to make money to a certain extent off of their likeness and whatnot. And, and the only setback to that is, okay, so you establish that, and now, okay, the ones that can pay the players, and now they can do it legally. Uh, without ha- any kind of repercussions, I mean, you, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the the Floridas of the world that still have this huge budget, they're going to be able to essentially. I mean, all you got to do is say, "Hey, we will give you X amount of money for X uh, for Y amount of signatures or autographs on this kind of memorabilia," and and boom, like, okay, who's got that bigger, deeper pockets? But on top of that, I think my biggest worry is, and I think that that can be regulated to some extent. But my, my biggest worry is actually the just how much of a distraction it's going to be during the season. Like how, how many of these guys are going to be, you know, the day of, uh, 
like the football game is going to have to be sending out some sort of sponsored post on Instagram. I mean, that's that's what I where I'm like, okay, to to at one point are these guys essentially employees, you know, or 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 you know, they're endorsers of a certain product or service, but you know, or, and then on, on the other hand, they got to play a game at at noon, you know, kickoff. So I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's definitely a little hairy, and there's a lot of unanswered questions. But I think we're going to see a lot unfold after you know through through the season. Well, and I think a lot of it too is going to come next season. I mean, I think you're going to see some people play around with some stuff over the course of this season. But really, what you're going to see is when you get a full year into it, and then another off season. I think you're going to you're going to see a lot of brands try to figure this out as they go, and uh, there's going to be a pendulum swing because you're going to have some crazy donors that are going to want to throw some crazy dollars at this thing. And it's going to be like, what in the world are they thinking? And then they're going to realize this was a terrible idea. <laughs> and, the, and there's yeah. going to be some... Some of them are. There's going to be some yeah. swing back to be like, okay, this we needed to pump the brakes. We need to take a zero off of this investment that we've made and just say, okay, what actually makes sense here? And, um, and so I, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think it needs to happen whether or not it should have... I almost don't know if there was a better way that it could have happened, though, because the NCAA is so inept at being able to do anything that I don't think that mm-hmm. there was another way to do it than just to say, go, because they're not going to be able to come up with a what they should, but they're not able to come up with some type of structure that makes sense. And, they, and, and so for me, I mm-hmm. think it's almost like you need to let the market play itself out because to me, what's going to be the differentiating factor is the school's. To me, the universities, it's its Kirby setting up the framework for making sure that we take care of our guys the best way possible. Are we teaching them that you should not be on Instagram posting about crystals two hours before the game starts? Like, I, I, think, I think to me that's a mentality thing of like, this is not, this is how you need to approach this. This is what your parameters need to be. And I think to me it's going to be how do the universities – approach like to, to me the universities that accept this more and say okay we're going to accept this full force and we're going to approach this with a um, player first mindset and say this is how you need to be talking to these people when you get a dm from this person these need to be your next three questions kind of kind of thing and how do you mm-hmm. navigate these waters these untested waters is just something that that's to me going to be a differentiating factor because when the coach comes into the home, Mama's going to want to know if if she was if they were making making money in high school. How's my baby going to make money mm-hmm. when they get to college? And how are they? How can you make sure that they're taken care of? And so, um, because I'm all about a Zeus being able to if like make a post on Instagram and be able to make five hundred dollars, absolutely. Let the boy, I mean, let the guy make, like, be able to make his money to be able to, to, to talk about the audience that he has mm-hmm. accumulated because of his expertise at his craft kind of thing. And, and I, I agree with you 100%. There's a, there's a inherent risk of distraction in this, but there's always that risk of distraction. And we have to make sure is our infrastructure in place taking care of our players? That's kind of how I've landed on this thing. Are we, are our coaching staff and our 
university? Are they putting the parameters in place to make sure our guys are making good decisions? And obviously you're going to have guys that don't make great decisions, but are we making the right – are we preparing them the best way possible to – like, like we prepare guys for the NFL. It's the same exact – in my eyes, it's the same thing. Are you having the right conversations with agents? Are you teaching guys how to approach that next level? That's, that's kind of my, my mm-hmm. thought on the whole thing. It's just going to now be on a bigger scale. Uh, than 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 it was before. It's gonna be really interesting how this thing plays out. One thing I will say is, as soon as I mean, literally, it was like the clock struck midnight, and you know, nil. I think it was was it the first day of July that I can't even remember. There's been so much crap that's happened since then. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, the first day of July feels like it was three years ago. Uh, I'll say this: some of these guys need to figure out. There's a big difference between a logo and a brand. <laughs> because right when this thing came out, there was like all these guys that were popping out logos all over the place. Like, oh, you got to have a logo. It's like the new thing. And like Kendall Milton did one. And like there's been a few other guys. I don't know if there's anybody else. Well, there's Marcus Rosemi Jackson did one. Uh, but it's like, okay, a logo, you're not going to sell. I mean, Kendall Milton may be the exception, uh, but you're not going to sell a bunch of Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint apparel. I mean, I'm sorry. You're just not. Now, if he blows up and he has a George Pickens-like year, goes for over 1,000 yards, like, yeah, you're going to get some guys. I mean, it's all going to be from the Georgia fan base and your family and friends and whatnot. But, yeah, you might get some people that buy it. The, the thing is, it's not like these guys are – there's so many companies these days that are like – they'll print out a shirt that's made to order, you know, and they'll just stick the, stick the logo on there. So it's not like they are got a bunch of inventory that they're sitting on or whatnot. But still, it's like, guys, like am, like the Amazon, you know, with the smiley, A in the, in the smiley face, you know, if it weren't for the service that Amazon provides and obviously the, the kingdom that they are, you know, Amazon's logo wouldn't mean nothing. But because of what they are, that logo is unmistakable. So anyway... Like a guy like a, a a Matthew Stafford would have probably made some pretty good apparel or made a pretty good bit of money from apparel. But anyway, I just think it's so funny that it's like the clock struck midnight and boom, like got my logo, man. It's awesome. Uh, and then uh, on top of that, I well, I think Kirby, there's no doubt in my mind that Kirby is managing this to, to a point where he's doing it the right way. I, I, I have no qualms about that. I, I certainly think that he is, I I am sure that he is putting in the work on this side too to make sure they are prepared and educated. Uh, and then uh, l- my last comment on this because we're we could talk nil for probably this whole episode, but uh, we need to move on here. But uh, did you see the figure for uh, oh boy, uh, what's his name? Bryce Young is that Alabama's quarterback? Did you see how much money that Nick Saban said he's almost? I I heard. Uh, but I, I don't want to say this wrong. I know the number of, <laughs> I know the number of figures, but I don't remember the exact figure. It, it's basically it's like right under a million is his deals have amounted to, and that is unbelievable. Which like, hey, if the guy can make that much money, awesome. But how many like, do you think that the quarterback for Cincinnati is going to make anywhere near that amount of money? No, they're not. It's so it's. You're, you're being propped up by the the program itself, which is all fine and dandy, but 
Yeah, it's there's going to be there's already a lot of slant towards these top programs. It's gonna get it's gonna be even more of an uphill battle for for the mi- uh, middle tier programs well, at this point. And the lower lower tier, or some of them are gonna cease to exist because of this. I'm I'm well, sure of it. Then I'll make my last comment too. At the same time, the quarterback for Cincinnati was not gonna be going. I mean, he, the, he was gonna be going to Cincinnati. Like he's not gonna be going to Alabama. And and so there's a there's yeah. a so to me it's like well what if the guy the quarterback for Cincinnati who more than likely is not going to play in the NFL just but we're just going to base that on history but can get a local Cincinnati deal where the guy makes ten fifteen grand a year I mean you know what I'm saying becomes like the local guy that mm-hmm. can actually make a make a difference to to me I'm also I'm to me I'm kind of looking at the middle ground of what's possible it's like for Local restaurants, like if we look at Athens, and we look at all of like the restaurants that we have in Athens and, and the different lo- locations and things like that, these guys can make a few hundred bucks. Like we've got these guys, these walk-ons and things. Um, there, there's a, a a good one that I was listening to on a pod, uh, uh, on a podcast. There's a restaurant train called Walk-ons, and they're only partnering with walk-ons to universities. Like basketball programs, football programs, yeah. talking about their story and things like that. That kind of stuff's awesome. Like, there's a good, there's a good part of this. Like, there are some guys that are able to make some money to like get them through college that they wouldn't have otherwise. And so, there's good parts of this. And like the, the rich getting richer, that's that's the way that college football is, is set up. And I'm just thankful we're on the right side of it at the at this current moment. And that who knows what can happen there. But anyway, that's kind of my. Uh, we, like like you said, we could talk about this all all night. We have about forty seven other things that we've got to talk about. <laughs> so let's 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 move on. Well, regardless, I mean, it's it benefits all the players, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, or benefits anybody who takes advantage of it. And there's a learning and curve so, to this. You know, at there's least a learning curve to this that we're yeah. just gonna have to figure out. Yeah, and and we'll see how that goes. Uh, so this is still a Georgia football podcast. We're going <laughs> to get back to some – we'll get back to it here in a minute. But first, let's just – I want to get your initial thoughts on, okay, uh, the, the big news from like a couple weeks ago, Texas and Oklahoma said, peace out, Big 12. <laughs> we ain't coming back. Uh, set to come in 2025, guaranteed it'll be before Take then. Take it to the bank, uh, 2023. Take it to the bank. You think? I think twenty three. I think that sounds Take about right. So, that sounds That's, about right. So we're. So what? What? What are, what are your first thoughts? Well, I, on had, that? I was had three initial thoughts. One of them was take it to the bank, twenty twenty three. Like you can just go ahead and. I mean, there's there's no way. So there's a couple. So this, there, I had when I initially saw this, I was like, this. There's no way this is accurate. Like that was my first. I read that. I think I can't remember who posted on our group. I was just like, this is this is crazy. And then you start hearing, it's like, oh my God, this is not crazy. This is real. Because my 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 <laughs> initial thought was like, okay, I, I'm thinking, how, how does this even make sense? Because my it's crazy that like my maybe my second or third thought was like TV deals. Like, how does this work? Like, how does this work? Because there's the Longhorn Network. There's all this stuff. Like, my, because my mind straight went to, how's this TV deal get set? And then I thought to myself, okay. SEC like SEC's losing the CBS deal. What's the timeline on that? And I'm like, okay, this makes 
this makes perfect sense. <laughs> Actually, when I you know I didn't I didn't even think about this that. is all Honestly, TV. I never thought this, about so it. So my initial impression. So I've got I've got it's is all based on TV money. This is all based on TV money because the well you know so but you know that Texas most of Texas games are on Fox right now. Correct. Correct. Well, and they've also so got. Do they have a Do they have a deal? So there was that a Big Twelve deal. I think that's a Big Twelve deal. That's going. That's because mm. if you look at it like how we have SEC Network and stuff, Fox hosts like the Big Twelve show, and so there, mm. it's not exactly, but it's kind of geared more that direction. I don't know what exactly the terms of their deal is, but their deal runs up in twenty twenty five. So there is a. Mm. Now I don't know when I can't remember when the the CBS deal runs out. I think it's twenty twenty three or so. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's running out here pretty soon. But up Texas and Oklahoma, this it it just it makes perfect sense. So I have more than three thoughts. I have about seventeen thoughts. So let me just kind of let me kind of walk through a couple of these here. <laughs> Put them in a box. Put them in a box. <laughs> Let me let me set, let me kind of back up and say, Greg Sankey is the man in college football. He owns it. He's good. He owns it. What the yeah. way he handled COVID, there would not have been a college football season without Greg Sankey. And the boy just walked in and just said, "Screw all you." <laughs> it's like this is my league. I run this, and took. I couldn't say exactly what in my mind he was saying. Took two of the biggest names in college football and brought them into his league and said, we are creating the Super League. We, we are creating the thing mm. that he, he beat everybody to the punch. He did it years ahead of what everybody else was thinking he was going to do and created the Super League. Mm. And this is changing. This changes everything about college football. No longer is... Is it what we, we we grew up thinking that it was, and it's changing forever. And so I, I'm gonna. Well, I'm I mean, stop make for, no I'm mistake though. Yeah. Well, make no mistake though. Texas and Oklahoma knew that the Big Twelve was a dying league. Oh God, yeah. And they they, I mean, there was definitely some. They were they, they got together. The the presidents of those schools and the athletic directors of those schools got together and said, Hey, look. All these Bush League teams that we got in here, although Texas has been, Texas has been ass, except for the time that they beat us a couple I'm of years say, ago. We keep giving two, teams two life. <laughs> I mean, you go look at their record, uh, or excuse me, the, like the amount of weeks that they were in, like the top twenty-five in the past ten years, the record against other Big Twelve teams in the past uh, ten years. I mean, it is sad the state of football for Texas. And, of course, we are their one shining light for the past decade. Anyway, uh, I'll say this. it's It makes it all makes sense from an SEC perspective, from an Oklahoma and Texas perspective. Longhorn Network, I don't know. I guess it goes away. Is that already it part goes, of ESPN? It, it's a part of ESPN, but that goes away. There's no way that survives. Yeah. It's gone. SEC Network's like <laughs> double birds. I mean, it's just, it's not even a, it's not even a, because I thought about Longhorn Network for two seconds and I was like, you know what? Because I, I read pretty much that Longhorn Network doesn't make money as it is because tech, Texas is ass. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. 
And so, well, who's going to pay extra on their direct TV bill whenever the team kidding. sucks? You ain't kidding. And so, um, it, you're talking about the rich get richer. So, the two, the two, there's two like very concise thoughts that I have on this. The college football that we are you sure they're concise? These two are going to be very concise, and then we can elaborate on them. Okay. My okay. unselfish comment is college football how we know it it's not going to be the same after after a while once this starts and it's just the way we look at it the way we grew up looking at college football it's just not going to be how it was what that what that means i don't know the selfish comment in me is damn it feels good to be on the winning side (laughs) it's like we we win it doesn't matter what yeah, happens. Yeah. We win. We're 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 in the Super League, and Greg Sankey said, "He like say double birds to everybody else. Like they like <laughs> y'all can suck it." And um and but but to me, I'm I'm kind of brought brief because you hear about the Super League, and you hear about all this stuff coming on. And fortunately, we've SEC's been in such a good position. And um, but when I heard that and then I saw it, I was like, God, this sucks for a lot of people in college football, but not for us. And then I just kind of backed away. Not us. Kind of backed away from it, and I'm like, Here. like it. And then that's just kind of that's my thoughts on it. That's a great point, Chancy. And 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 I'm gonna leave it with this 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 last little thing, and then uh, we're gonna switch gears and go full on dogs from here on out. But what this is going to do, we're gonna see super conferences, and. I don't know if we're going to end up – I guess we're going to end up with ACC, SEC, Big Ten, which is going to have like 20 people, twenty teams in it. I don't know why. It, they can't just change the name, but whatever. Uh, and then the Pac-12 is going to turn into the Pac-16. They're going to probably absorb some of the Western teams, I guess, in, there's in the a Big whack, 12. There's, the a whack AAC. Out, there's a whack out there. Like there's that kind of stuff they can pull from. Yeah. It's just, it's just going to be crazy. But I do think we will eventually end up with four – Super conferences, and that will set up the the playoff. Although the playoff, as we mentioned, may potentially be 12, 12 teams, which I like. I actually like the idea of twelve. I kind of liked eight at the beginning, and I think eight made sense. Uh, but 12, 12 sounds good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's two more games. Uh, but anyway, or t- or ten, and just have the first two get a buy or something. You know, I, either way, I think actually top ten makes sense too. But I'm not the I'm not the guy that makes those decisions, but yeah, man, uh, crazy crazy year for college football coming out of the craziest year of this century potentially last year. Well, so and, uh, just well, overall, and, and I and I kind of I made a comment about it earlier. The SEC is is pretty much saying we're not even worried about the NCAA. I mean, the NCAA is a broken is a broken structure it is a broken i don't even know what you i don't even know what you want to call it but it's 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 not institution institution that is just all jacked up and so it's the sec is pretty much saying that 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 the ncaa we don't really care about what you say kind of thing we're going to create Mm -hmm. the structure moving forward and um and so that's that's kind of how that's kind of how i'm approaching this whole thing is that I don't see how the NCAA is able to 
go on from this. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think how they can actually move forward mm-hmm. because the SEC has pretty much said we're calling the shots. SEC was calling the shots last year. SEC was calling has, has been calling the shots ever since they said we're playing football in 2020. And um, and so I, I just I really think that this is a this is landmark. This is kind of the the changing uh, changing in the water. I mean, like it, it's just it's huge. And um, in the SEC expansion ten years back with Missouri and A and M, like doesn't even sniff this because you don't. They started talking about money, and I, I think I put this in our group chat. Everybody was kind of talking about how like A and M agreed to it, and like they it was a unanimous vote. So all the presidents of all the universities have to vote on this. And A and M initially came out saying they're not they're not letting Texas in. And I said, you bet your butt, Sankey put them in line and said there are yeah. But then you also have to look at it the millions of dollars that they are going to get from this TV deal that's about to happen with ESPN. I mean, this could be a game changer for ESPN in general. I mean, getting this amount of viewership going into because this this if if you have the SEC now with two of the top 10, 15 brands in college football added on top of I think they did the they ran the numbers and the SEC already had eight of the top 10 or 15 names in college football already and then you add two more onto that and it's just it's it's crazy it's it's nuts i mean two historical programs and very proud programs obviously uh, and rivals i mean it's not like we're but, and you look at it too th- yeah so that's the thing too bring bring back the texas texas a&m rivalry which hadn't existed for for quite some time which sucks like i i, I loved i mean i love the late season rivalry games, like last regular season game, I love that week. And Texas, Texas A&M for a while was actually on Friday, I think. And I enjoyed, I loved watching, excuse me, <laughs> I loved watching that game. But anyway, uh, no, I think it. I think it's good. I think it's, I mean, great to bring that back. Oh, yeah. And so, so the next conversation we're going to have to have is, and we don't have to get it tonight, is what is our conference going to look like? What is the actual structure of the conference going to be? And so they're going to be, and that's so. There's all these talks about pods and and divisions and. I'm anti-pod. Anti-pod I'm anti-pod guy. Pod. Okay, so Don't that's do it. So, see, we we have so many good things to talk about. <laughs> uh, we won't get into all that tonight. I think you you cut it east west and you do it where it geographically makes sense. You can bring Auburn and Alabama to the east. I guess throw Missouri to the west. So we got to get one more east team. <laughs> Which I don't even know if that makes sense or if it'll work, but let's make it work. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Throw Vanderbilt to the west, and then we'll pick up somebody else. Uh, but no, I—it's uh, wild, man. This whole thing is crazy. Again, we could talk about this for for quite some time. Both both the NIL and the Texas at Oklahoma joining the SEC and what that means for the future. But we got dogs. We to are get three to. points down. Chancey, so we need to. Uh... We need to move at a different pace here. Yeah, and we're 35 minutes in. So, Chancey, first things first. Uh, I mean, this isn't even, you know, there's not a whole lot of comments here, but I just want to point out that game day is coming to Charlotte. 
we can talk about this in in uh, detail for our next episode, which will hopefully be a Clemson preview. Are you planning to make the trip to Charlotte at this well, point? Right now, unfortunately, it's, it's probably not looking like I'm going to Charlotte, but I'm going to plan on being in Athens. So that's that's part of the uh, that's part of the goal here. I have to I have like three trips to Charlotte outside of uh, this game this fall. So it's kind of setting up to where, and I would almost rather be in Athens and be with some of my people and do it up there and uh, and that kind of thing. So playing around with that. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on what those details look like. Um, figured you're probably going to be in Athens because you have a kid. Uh, as long as our pediatrician tells us we can, we're planning to actually go down to Lake St. Clair. So we will have all, all five grandchildren <laughs> under one roof. <laughs> all Holy cow. Holy cow. And, 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 and you know what? I don't know if there's enough uh, – Miller Light for all three of the Bronner brothers. All three of the Bronner fathers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bronner fathers. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be, uh, yeah. If it if it if it happens, then it'll be a, a damn good weekend. Uh, I mean, Labor Day weekend's already. Like, I want to spend it at the lake. I thought about going to Charlotte. Obviously, you know, I'll, I'll have a one month old at that point. But it, it's you know, I mean, I already got to go ahead to if I if it like was a good opportunity uh, my wonderful wife uh, said that i could go uh but you know at the same time it's like man you know i think it'd be a fun trip and whatnot but if we got all the briners under one roof at the lake It'll all the kiddos i mean i think that's yeah it's a pretty dang good weekend uh but yeah i'm we, we can get more into the clemson spirit in the next episode uh first things first some big news here recently. Uh, Scott Cochran is taking a leave of absence from the team. Um, Kirby said it was basically a health situation, mental health situation. They're be- being very vague intentionally. Um, but due to that, which uh, uh, obviously, you know, hey, look, if, if he's got some issues, like we're all in support of Coach Cochran. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, he can get himself better, uh, both physically and mentally and all that. Uh, but then secondly, you know, on top of that, due, due to that, Muschamp moves into the special teams coordinator role, and now we have two former SEC head coaches as position coaches <laughs> on our team. So uh, that's pretty wild. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the first the first part on, on Cochran, and we – obviously talked about him so much in last year and, and what he's done special teams was a our special teams was a threat last year i mean even from our kicking perspective we were a whole different team in terms of uh being able to make moves from the special teams uh, point of view made made more aggressive play put our playmakers on special teams and i contribute i mean you have to look at what was different in cochran coach at special teams I, I really see this as a lot as a huge loss I mean I, I, I think the guy was is obviously incredibly talented and I think he made some changes he understands talent he's coached all levels of talent being uh, in Alabama and all that and knew what caliber of player we wanted on the special team side of the ball so we we were able to make moves on the special team side across the board but having uh, then looking 
to the next step of what we're going to be at, having Muschamp on the field. Um, I was telling y'all the other day, I was, I was, I was being a little uh, joking. I have a lot of mixed emotions about uh, seeing him uh, on the sideline. Hey, that's si- on fine. The I mean, he was kind of a POS for a while. So, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm, saying. That's what I'm you... saying. I was like, I spent so much time getting pissed off at him that um, I'm having to adjust my, my frame of reference here. But having a guy of his caliber on the sideline as our special teams coordinator is, uh, is A, pretty remarkable. But um, anytime you have more talent on the on the field, uh, in terms of coaching, it's never a bad thing. I think I think I think Will kind of knows his place in there. He's obviously not going to overstep his bounds in his in his spot. Kirby's obviously not going to allow that. And even Dan Lanning mentioned it in a in an interview he had uh, this past week, saying that um, he that Muschamp's going to be involved in the defense. Muschamp's going to be he, he's going to be uh, a major major role there and have his input. And so the more we have Muschamp, I mean, Muschamp has seen every team in the SEC. He's coached against them. He's, he, he, he knows what's going on. And so uh, the more we have him uh, on the field, it's, it's definitely going to be a good thing. Yeah. And he's, I mean, not to mention, he's also a pretty solid recruiter. He's, uh, he's working pretty hard behind the scenes and, and you don't hear about a whole lot of that these days. I mean, so much stuff is, still behind a lot of a lot of tape but it is a i mean a big deal that we have a guy like him on our on our staff and even just being able to meet some kids and some recruits that are coming in i mean it's it's a solid contributor he's a solid con- contributor to uh to the recruiting side as well well and one of the things that has happened here over the last couple of years who has been up on the who has been the first in line out the door it has been laning the last few years, who's been the guy that is gonna has been the the one that co- people are looking at for head coaching positions or whatever the case may be? If we have another year on defense like we did this year, I mean, I don't know how we are gonna be able. To, I mean, there's no way we can hang on to him again unless there's some job that he just knows he's gonna get or whatever the case is. I mean, if we have another year on defense like we did, he's gone. Who's your next? Who's your next bet? I mean, in terms of who would step up into that role, obviously we would want a guy like Muschamp to to take that spot if that's something that he even wants to do. And I'm obviously projecting here, but <laughs> having this I just many don't, head- I just don't know if he's going to though. I think he moved into this role with 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 the team and basically was accepting that he was going to be close to his son. I mean, obviously he has a son on the team. So I think he just was accepting, like, "Hey, this is a great place for me to slow down a little while, a little bit, and uh, focus on family, which is always good." And I don't think he, of course, didn't expect to be thrown into this on the field role, but he's there now. So I mean, I'm, I, I, it's it sucks because I, I feel bad for Cochran, and, and I agree with you. He was he was tremendous as our uh, special teams coordinator, and and has one of the best special teams groups in the country still. Uh, but I'm also just excited to see what Muschamp does and how he can contribute to the team uh, on the, in that on-field role. Yeah. Well, and last thing I'll say on that is is you look at these coaches, that, especially the coaches that have coached at his level, and um, they're like, I'm going to take some time away from being a head coach or, or all these things. And you give them a year, and uh, 
let's see what they're saying at the end of the at the end of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, they they get a little bored. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we'll just we'll we'll see what happens uh, this time next year. Not not wishing Lanning off because obviously I love the guy um, and want to keep him, um, but just if I've seen our trajectory with coaches over the last uh, last five years since Kirby's been here, it's uh, the good ones go somewhere. Yeah, no, it's facts. That's facts. Well, uh, Chance, another uh, point of interest that we were talking about was uh, the dogs. So the USA Today preseason coaches poll came out today. The dogs are number five on that list. I don't exactly agree with that. I mean, they so the, the, the four that are ahead of us in, in order are Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. I mean, obviously Alabama's going to be up there. I think that makes sense. They got a, guy, a lot of guys that are returning, still have a, a really damn good, like very talented roster. Uh, Clemson, I don't know if I would have put them at two. I mean, Oklahoma's up there because they have probably the Heisman front runner uh, at quarterback. Uh, Ohio State, I mean, are they going to drop off after losing Fields? I mean, obviously have had some uh, incredible. They have incredible wide receiver talent. Talent. Uh, apparently, their quarterback that's going to be filling in for Fields is actually pretty darn good. So, I would actually think I would. I mean, if this is uh, very uh, biased of me, uh, of course, but I would probably put us at three. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's not bad to be number to, to be top five to start the season. But preseason polls are for the birds anyway. Well, yeah, and, and I think too. I, I think you're looking at. Um... There's a, there's a lot that people are looking at here, and uh, I if you look at the breakdown of the point breakdown between all of the top top five, there's a pretty there's about a fifty point gap between us and, and Ohio State, and obviously that's your you're kind of splitting hairs at that point. There's a significant drop off between us and the next teams, and then it just kind of it just falls off the map after that, mm-hmm. and so it's really a toss up between. All these, I mean, except Alabama, there's just, there's a big gap between them and Clemson. So really, between the two, three, and four, two through five, there's a there's kind of a kind of a toss up there. I just, man, I I just care so little about this and what these coaches think because you've got coaches that whether they should even be <laughs> ranking these people is kind of like it's kind of questionable at best too. And so, when you're looking at the coaches poll, I, I appreciate it because you, I like hearing some of the conversation that some of the coaches have about some of these other teams and things like that. It's kind of interesting to look at. But I've gotten so just uh, preseason polls are so, or polls are so irrelevant to me at this point that it's just like this is a nice little talking point before the season starts. But let's just start playing football. <laughs> Because I mean, really we're about, doesn't mean anything. We're about to find out in week one where we stand at that moment. So to me, it's like this is nothing. This this actually actually means I'm just thankful we're ranked behind Clemson going into this game because I want absolutely nothing in Clemson's favor going into Charlotte. And obviously, this is nothing for our team. They don't give a rip about the coaches, the AP, or the U, the is it, let's see the uh, the coaches poll. All this kind of crap, they just don't care. Well, you know, to me, it's 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 kind of like how they they have all these preseason all SEC or all all uh, 
All-American, you know, lists and whatnot. And I think we had, like, one or two players on the first team, uh, uh, All-SEC. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean squat. But the only thing it is, is, I mean, you want to be positioned well at the beginning of the season. But regardless, it's not like these these coaches' polls are just traditionalists football and which I, I like him you know to a certain extent but then you got guys like you know steve spurrier i don't think he ever ranked us in the top 10 you know so i to me they're somewhat irrelevant but at the same time i enjoy it because it's part of the pageantry that is college football uh and then you know at the end of the day the first playoff rankings don't even come out the ones that matter the most don't even come out till what october is that right yep. when the first yep. polls come out so Anyway, it doesn't, you know, right now the coaches poll doesn't mean much, but I like to see what people think of us, you know, at the beginning of the season. Uh, and, you know, being in that top five, I think at the very least does mean a little bit, but not much. Uh, war, so I was going to just run through some injuries updates real quick. There was one that came out here recently in the past, I think it was last week, uh, Warren Erickson. Uh, he hurt his hand. His timetable, I think, is uh, – I think a few weeks he's out. Uh, I mean, if you're a center or an offensive lineman, you're going to use your hands all the time. So, yeah, he's he's out for at least a few weeks. He may be out of the first game. Uh, I think some people are speculating that we might have uh, SVP, Cedric Van Pran, fill in for him, who's an extremely talented center from uh, Louisiana. Uh, so I'm hoping in, uh, that he's going to be ready to go. But if he's not, then Jamari Sawyer will probably fill in that role. He did so a little bit last year. Uh, Dominique Blaylock is still not 100% uh, cleared for whenever they started camp uh, last week or earlier this week, whenever that was. So hopefully we got Dominique back by that first game, man. I mean, how long has it been? Did he? When did he hurt it? Was it before the beginning of last season? It was early. And um, I just – nothing that I've heard, unless they're playing it pretty, pretty close to the chest, makes me feel good about him coming back for the – for the first game is just nothing because I think he's I think he's I think he's going at practice but I still, I still think he's no contact and like I don't know if he's even doing all the drills at this point so um, yeah he's doing non-contact stuff I, I just don't know if there's I mean I just couldn't remember whenever he, I think it I think it was camp it may have been camp last year it was definitely last year before the season started I mean I remember just I mean it was just a big bummer because I was expecting Blaylock to come in and be I mean, an impact player for the team, but he's still not 100%. And then, obviously, as we have talked about, uh, Pickens may not be available until potentially late season. We don't know. And and you know what? There's a chance that he may never try to suit up for the red and black again and, uh, you know, to each their own. But, yeah, that's just kind of unfortunate on that side. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Um, there's – Obviously, a chance depending on what we're playing for at the end of the year that he may want to come back, depending on how his recovery goes. And so, we'll just we we've got a while uh, between between now and then, uh, not as long as we think because it's going to happen in a flash. But we'll uh, we'll see we'll see what's happening uh, here in a few months. And then just one more tidbit: uh, apparently, the team is over ninety percent uh, vaccinated, and I think that's going to be huge for. I mean, at this point. I mean, we're we're seeing a surge, and so and I know you know that being in healthcare, and so I think that the 
the more they get vaccinated, the higher the likelihood is that we will have all of our games this year. And 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 also, I mean, I think the plan is, I mean, as far as I have heard, the plan is to still have 100% capacity at the stadium. So uh, let's just uh, let's just hope and pray it stays that way. Yeah, and, and uh, I think too, and I think too, uh, I will make I will make a comment on that. I think that there is the, uh, pers- uh, there you hear the guys talk about it. They're like, you know what, we are bought in. Like, there's nothing standing between us and the end of this year. We want we want to get we don't COVID is not going to be a reason why we don't perform to our mm-hmm. best ability. And so you just see guys talk about that and. And a big thing for me, too, is I want these boys to be safe, and uh, they're going to be on campus. There's going to be a lot of stuff floating around. Uh, COVID's spiking in in that age group, and um, I'm seeing it every day. And so uh, yeah. these boys being these boys being protected is uh, is super important because we want them. We want these boys staying healthy. Well, our goal was to go ahead and get through the depth chart and start looking at all the position groups before getting into the season, but uh, we done ran out of time, so. Uh, we're going to wrap this up here and then we're going to talk to y'all next week. Dogs on top. Uh.